Hey podcast listeners, this is Winona Daily News Editor John Casper Jr. I'm so thrilled you decided to check out my new podcast, Winona One-on-One. But before we get to the interview with the wonderful Miss Katie Smith, I wanted to tell you about some of the new things we have to offer at the Winona Daily News and WinonaDailyNews.com. If you're just waiting for our paper to hit your doorstep every morning, you're missing out on quite a bit. We've launched several other digital initiatives, such as the What's Up Winona podcast, which takes you into our newsroom every week. Reporters talk about the stories they've done over the course of the week and offer a little glimpse into their personal lives. Look for the link on our website or Facebook page or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports editor Adam Watts is adding special videos to his top-notch reporting of local high school and Winona State football. Keep an eye out for those videos on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at WinonaDailyNews.com. Looking for something to do this weekend? Features reporter Tesla Mitchell not only gives you a breakdown of what is going on in Winona in Friday's newspaper, she does a live video on our Facebook page every Friday from a new location in town, previewing all the great stuff that is happening in our community. And, as always, make sure you're visiting WinonaDailyNews.com several times during the course of the day. We've made a strong effort to become the place to go for breaking news. We also have photo galleries, videos, special contests, and more. Sign up for our breaking news email alerts. Download our app. We're going to be getting a new one sometime this fall, by the way, so be on the lookout for that. And like our Facebook page. We've been honored to serve the Winona community since 1855. And while our methods may have changed, our mission has not. Thank you for putting your trust in us. And now, here's the incomparable Katie Smith. Welcome to the very first episode of Winona One-on-One. I am your host, Winona Daily News Editor John Casper Jr. And today I'm joined by a good friend, Katie Smith. Katie is a teacher, a trainer, a keynote speaker, and an education advocate. A licensed parent educator, Katie has spent a career teaching at early childhood family education, supporting parents, caregivers, and providers, the small children, and the small children they love in Winona and other communities. Katie has two undergraduate degrees in social work and in parent education from Winona State, a master's degree in education from UW-La Crosse, and a master's degree in early childhood public policy and advocacy from Walden University. Katie and her husband Matt live in Winona where they raised three spunky daughters and they recently welcomed three new sons-in-law and a baby grandson Frank who is absolutely adorable into their family. (laughs) Katie is the 2011 Minnesota Teacher of the Year, the first early childhood educator in Minnesota and the first parent educator nationally to be honored with the award. And probably the highlight of her career is today where she is the first (laughs) guest on Winona One-on-One. I love that I'm the first guest. I really do. I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn profile as soon as I get home. Great. I will get you a photo and logo and a statement and everything. But Katie, thank you so much for for joining me today. Um, why don't you take me back to, is it a couple years ago now that you left Winona schools? It to... feel, it, sometimes it feels like yesterday and sometimes it feels like a decade ago, but it I was bet. actually just last year. It was last year? Just last year. Jeez. Right? I know. <laughs> it seems like five years ago Doesn't that we were it? out at Briggs Farm. I know. Yeah, and it was just year. last August. Yeah. I mean, wow. maybe today is the anniversary of that 
my inspirement party, yeah, which was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? You know, was it was it difficult to leave, or was this something that you've been thinking about doing for for a while? Well, it was emotional, and um, I. <laughs> It was hard on me and it was hard on the families that I was working with, and but it was time. So I spent 29 years in Winona area public schools and I was just going to have that job until my youngest went into school full time. And by the way, she has graduated from high school <laughs> and graduated from college and she has a master's degree and she's been working, you know, she has mm -hmm. a house now. So really, um, it was time to, I've always thought about being a kind of person that tried a few things in their life and it was a job that I loved so, so much. Um, I thought I should probably go while it still feels wonderful to be here instead of people going, oh, Katie's <laughs> teaching that class again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You always want to go up on a high note. Um, plus. It had the other part of my world, so I have this beautiful life in a classroom in Winona, but have been doing policy work and um, kind of nudging folks around the area of early childhood, and as it's starting to get some national and state attention as the most important years, um, that there was a space for me to have uh, an advocacy voice and to talk about what kids and parents um, in our state, really young kids and parents need um, from the communities where they're raising them. So um, it, it felt like just the right time. And can I tell you now, mm -hmm. a year later, if you were talking to me a year ago, I would have said, I'm terrified. I, I, I don't know who I am mm -hmm. if I'm not a parent educator. I really sure. didn't, but then, um, my father-in-law got really sick, right? and I had this time. Mm -hmm. And my husband, of course, was the varsity player and his sister on that team, but I could play a really integral role in helping um, Al leave this place and go to his next place. Sure. And I had that time. That was yes. great. And I didn't know that when I was retiring, that right around the corner, there that was. And so my father-in-law leaving the planet mm -hmm. um, in such a beautiful way and this tiny little grand baby, oh right. man, right? So if I had to go to work now every single day and do both of those things, I would not have done it well. And at the end of my life, those will be two of the things that I will feel really good about, that I was able to really be present for my whole family when we said goodbye to my mm -hmm. father-in-law and to really know my baby grandson. When I walk into the room, he lights up because wow. we are solid, because yes. we know each other, right? <laughs> we hang out every week together um, and have a great time. So it's still been wonderful. And I have to tell you, I know my days are numbered and I walk around the lake or take my bike around the lake and I don't very often get by Lake Park without someone saying, Miss Katie, mm -hmm. <laughs> Miss Katie. And I have to stop my bike, which is wonderful. And some small child runs up to me and gives me a big hug. And that's absolutely lovely. So yes. it feels like it was a good time. Really yeah, a good sure, time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, I know my wife several times and me too have said, we need to talk to Katie about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I imagine we're not the only ones. No, so you're I imagine not. You probably, not. you will never leave. I imagine no. teachers never stop becoming teachers. Right, right. And so I do plenty of, um, I used to, you know, call them home visits, but lots of times people invite me for coffee still mm -hmm. because they know I know their family and I know their child and they just want to bounce a few ideas off. And I'm so happy to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm guessing I will one day be in a place like St. Anne's, right, with all of this <laughs> child development knowledge, right? Where, sure. some, where my father-in-law talked baseball to everyone yeah. that walked into the room. I will probably talk about, tell me about your baby child. Are they sleeping? And let me mm -hmm. help you with that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's just this body of work, right, that's in my head that I'm still happy to share with folks. Sure. And I'm teaching tiny bits. So I'll teach this year at South Washington County a toddler and two-year-old class on Monday nights okay. because every Monday during the day my boss is Frank, my grandson. Yep. So we spend every Monday together and I can teach class quick before I head home. Now I have seen on Facebook you are allowed to post some photos of Frank. Some I know originally you were banned at the beginning from <laughs> well, posting photos of Frank. Well it has to be approved by my, my daughter, right? Okay. So I always ask and it, it's a thing, isn't it? I always mm -hmm. so... Um, I learned so much from the moms in my program and the dads in my program. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things they taught me over the 30 years in talking about their own mothers and mother-in-laws was how important it is for um, grandmas to let the parents lead, right? And sure. so to ask her permission to say, hey, it's Frank's birthday, absolutely, but I always ask first instead of assume. And so it's her baby, right? Yeah. And it's my grandson, and so I try not to go crazy. If I if I if she said you can post as much as you want every single day on Facebook, you would get a new little snippet of Frank, and I would I lose myself in it. So yes, yes, sure, yeah. Sure. So I'm just trying to be mindful and respectful of them as the parents. Yeah, yeah but he's super cute. Yeah, absolutely. What's what are some of the cool things that you've done? You know, outside of spending time with Frank and with Al, um, you know, what are yeah. some of the cool things you've been able to do in this last year that you may not have been able to do if you're still teaching? Full, right. Full, full well, time? two hi two highlights, and they're kind of the same thing. Um, the Minnesota Teachers of the Year had gotten together and written a grant for an ESET conference, which is elevating and celebrating excellence in teachers and teaching. It's Bill Gates money, and what they're doing is foundation money. Um, is putting money towards a problem and asking teacher leaders to think hard about it and to come up with solutions and connect. So last March we did a con convening, they call it not a conference, of 125 teachers around trauma-informed classrooms. And I wanted to make sure that early childhood was at that table because when you think about kids in trauma, you have to think about the parents and the homes where they're being raised. And so from that came another idea and I applied for another ESET conference um, on just play. So when we were talking about trauma, we, the, those of us that work in early childhood were talking about the absence of play in early childhood classrooms and what a great strategy play is and an equalizer for kids. No matter what your pedigree is coming into kindergarten, if you are a Casper boy, right? Mm -hmm. You've got two well-educated parents who've given their boys all the opportunities they can and a, lots of books and lots of lap time and probably some preschool experience. But if you're a child coming from poverty, right, who you've not been able to have any of those experiences, you've had a, maybe one um, single parent who hasn't um, known that reading is important, has some maybe mental health issues of your own, you have two really different kids coming into kindergarten. And if that kindergarten is so academic that not both of those kids feel comfortable and happy about being there, then what I think is about the best strategy to um, 
puts a, a social justice lens on that is to lead with play because every child is innately knows how to do it, um, no matter what your background is, and it's a way for them to connect and feel ownership in a classroom and to just jump right in with both feet so that the Casper guy can be friends with that other guy that doesn't have yeah. the same experiences, but boy, they both know how to build with blocks, right? Um, and they can form some friendships about that. Sometimes I wonder if we've um, kind of constructed an achievement gap by changing the goal marker on kindergarten. Um, by making it so academic that we almost need to call it there. And the, the gap is there and it's an opportunity one. And play, I think, is the bridge that helps. So I applied for another grant and got it. Oh, wow. And so on nice. October 8th, um, we will open the doors to the Minnesota Children's Museum to 125, not just teachers, but parents and policymakers to talk yeah. about how do we restore developmentally appropriate practice. <laughs> classrooms. Sorry, that's I dropped right. my You're ring. Just, right. It's okay, people. Yeah, it's okay. Don't panic. No, don't, We're don't fine. Worry, don't worry. We're fine. Yeah. Um, open the door to it, too. Not just a conversation about play, but how to build some advocacy ranks. One of the things mm -hmm. they've noticed about folks who um, teach from a crisscross applesauce position is that they're not always fireballs for advocacy. They're exhausted and they're cutting things out and laminating, um, but don't really see them themselves as um, an advocate who has stories that can influence policy. And so I love to walk away from those kinds of things feeling like I have passed a torch to people who then can know how to articulate and advocate and agitate better for what they know is best for kids. So yeah. that's happening. And it seems like every little door, should I just stop, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like, yeah. Okay, I, I'll breathe. No, yeah, you can breathe, you can breathe. I, I want to talk about play a little bit. Because right. that's, as a parent, the one thing I keep trying to tell myself whenever we're at the playground, or at the we were at the Minnesota Children's Museum a few weeks ago, Yeah. and there are signs everywhere yes. basically saying, parents, cool out, right. let your kid yes. make a mess, yes. throw things, like accidentally drop something, yep. maybe not play it the right way. Yep. That's my hardest thing, is yep. to kind of step in and show them how to play, yeah. how to play with others. Um, you know, that helicopter parenting, I think, is getting in the way of just letting Absolutely. kids play. Absolutely. And really, I love the idea of you switching roles in that place. So if you're hanging out there with Max, you think this is Max's playground and he'll let me know if he needs something from me. Your job is to keep him safe, of course. Mm -hmm. So it, if he's not making a good choice with another friend, I would step in. Or if you think he's a little too high on a climbing structure, right? Kind of look yeah. and see. But yeah. Max but isn't the you, one I have to worry it, about. Yes. Jack is the one I have to worry about. <laughs> Jack, Jack knows no fear. One, right? yes. yeah. Yeah, right. he, yeah he need, there needs to be something that happens that Okay, but have you yet. noticed but, with Jack that if you really let him lead, right, and he goes way up high on that curly slide, the look on his face says, I got this. And if you can trust him, he does. Kids have this really beautiful innate sense of, I kind of know what my boundaries are. And if they don't, it's a, there's a lesson in there, right? So I have watched kids come down a curly slide while their parents are holding their breaths, right? And their heart rate is yeah. at 210. And they get to the end and they look to their parents like, <gasps> How was that? And if a parent was like, wow, that looked like fun, then that's been a fun experience, right? Yeah. But if you see a kid go down and boom, <laughs> and a parent's like, what? Are you okay? You're not ever going up there again. You teach your child that it's not safe to risk. And all of us need to know that in our whole lives. It's important to take some chances, right? And to get out there yeah. a bit. But I, um, 
I, one my favorite one, a kid came down the side so stinking fast that by the time he got down there and I was at the bottom with his parents, we couldn't breathe because yeah. he had done a flip in the middle, right? Like, and But we put this kind of frozen smiles on our faces and he looked up at us and I said, how was that? And he said, it was too fast. I'm not doing that again. I'm like, okay, good, right? But he made right. the decision and he knew. And that's how we start to build our own confidence. Um, and competence is by taking a few risks. And so I, I love that you are cognizant enough that you have a tendency to be a helicopter, um, but to really let kids have their own world is really a great yeah. thing. My, yeah. my father, was, was, uh, he, he, sold, he sold insurance and he yes. worries a lot. So oh. I think that was kind of passed down to me. Of course. That's, uh, yeah, when I see them at, Ma at Madison, there's that, that twirly slide that yes. Max likes to go up and yes. Jax likes to follow suit too. And yes. I can picture eight different ways for them to fall for off, sure. but they haven't done they it yet. Haven't. So I just have to right. relax. And you I'm really sure do. do. You really do. And you get that. You see that joy of look what I did. Like that's the best thing in the whole yeah. wide world. That's there's a that's a gold mine for me. When a kid does something they didn't know they could do right in front of your eyes, right. and you see that joy, that's pretty great. It's interesting because Matt, I'm very much a risk taker. I grew up on a lake in northern Minnesota, um, and Matt grew up with gaspers, two of them, right? So mm -hmm. if they got near water, Al was going, <gasps> watch out, <gasps> oh my gosh, <gasps> don't get your feet wet, <gasps> right? And so it's a, it's interesting. I think warriors find risk takers, and risk takers find some warriors to keep the next generation safe. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now, are you an advocate for playing barefoot, too? Is that... I so I love this. Yeah. Yes, have you read the research? I, a little bit, yes. Okay. And that we try to have, uh, for some reason, our kids like to play in socks outside. Yeah, I don't know. So but good. We either have feet, like shoes, or barefoot. Yeah. And actually, we kind of are trying to do more barefoot. Yeah, I outside. love that. So, as a sensory, so there's a whole lot of research that's coming, um, new stuff. And my favorite book about it is called Barefoot and Balance by Angela Hanscom. Um, but she talks about, and lots of other folks talking about how kids get to feel centered and um, a sense of balance, and that that's their most active sensory experiences mm. through their feet. So I love that. And so Frank has just little clubs now for the round. You can't yeah, put shoes yeah. on them if you tried. Right, I but, remember those days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he'll, stand, he'll stand on stuff and tell me if it's hot. And so I've put socks on him too, which is kind of a happy compromise for it, right? Sure, yeah. But you do watch his feet work in a whole different way, little kids' feet, you know? Um, that shoes don't give them the opportunity to. It's yeah, pretty great. That is one thing we're trying to do more of. Yes. It's, it's hard sometimes. Yep. But, but yeah, we're trying to... You know, and I remember, I think around winter, you said, get the kids outside. Who cares yes, if it's cold out? Right, and that's, that's right. one thing that another thing that we have to For get over sure. as parents, like, yeah. we can't go outside. It's 20 right. degrees outside. Well, <laughs> and they love it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yes. for sure. I love the quote that there's no bad weather, just bad clothing, right? So there's some great opportunities and, yeah. um, for kids and good outerwear. But yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um, and most notably, not only to raise stewards of the earth, because you want kids to have outside experiences, but it's becoming kind of a medical issue for them. Their eyesight, more than ever, kids are needing corrective eyewear because they're being wired to closer experiences, like indoors, mm -hmm. into screens, into televisions. So they're not getting that long distance um, vision wiring that you and I did by playing outside and in the woods. Um, they also, kids who are outside, have a better sense of risk and when, the, when they're in trouble, so they listen for birds they listen for sticks crunching um, and they don't have that same experience indoors um, and then just because you move more when you're outside yeah, yeah. and you use your gross 
muscles much you kind of adapt your gross muscles to the size of the room so you and I in this room wouldn't likely think about doing cartwheels but if it was wide open spaces and a hill we would right and yeah. so they test their muscles out um, in outdoors in a way that they just don't no matter how great the indoor experience is they still need to be sure. outside this is probably an unfair question but if you could give one or two pieces of advice to parents who maybe haven't taken an ECFE class or haven't read the research or don't approach you on, on, on the bike path around <laughs> right? Lake Winona. If you could give them a couple quick things to do as parents of younger children, what, what, should, what should they be doing? About just About anything, in general? Just anything, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say if you could um, always approach a child, is, um, where people get a little bit snagged up in those earliest years is they had a child and I think their um, belief system gets rocked a bit because most of us think we're going to have a child that's going to be just like us and you don't right and so you get a spunky spirited mm -hmm. right so if you can just start by saying this is an interesting human being that I get the joy and pleasure of raising and my job is to figure out who they are instead of trying to make them who I want them to be you have a much grander experience because then you really learn about the little person that's with you um, instead of being frustrated by the person that they're not because they're not you they're mm -hmm. a, a joyful combination and of experiences and genetics and all kinds of things and so um, and then to just not take anything personally uh, really little kids do not have the ability to you know they're not texting their other three-year-old buddies at night like hey how do we make our parents crazy tomorrow what's your plan because <laughs> mine are just making me nuts and I want to give it back they, they don't have the capacity to misbehave for a purpose they I mean they'll mm -hmm. misbehave right and they'll look at you like there's a socket over there John right with no cover on it mm -hmm. and if I was 18 months I want to walk right over there and put and something in it absolutely. yes and even though you have said 14 days in a row no 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 mm -hmm. Katie you cannot I still want to do it partly because I want to get something in there but the other fun is to watch your face and to see oh, if yeah. you still feel yeah. that way about it and if you're gonna get up off your chair about it right but it's not to make you crazy I mean you're not gonna find an 18 month old who says I want to make my parents mad <laughs> today sure. it's, it's exasperating and exhausting but they're really driven by curiosity and um, a real wonder about how the world works and a wonder about how do you feel about it so sometimes kids do things that they know that you don't really care for just to be reminded that you don't care for it so not to take it personally and understand them as a gift and then just read a basic child development book yeah. Or get on one website that you like about child development. Because when you know that all two-year-olds do that, it's not just yours. You can see it from a whole different lens, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is your daughter receptive to your advice? She... Or has she kind of tuned you out? <laughs> no. So it's, we, I sometimes, I'm so proud of her and I. She is um, much like me, a spirited, feisty, stubborn thing. Um, and we are definitely connecting over this complete joy about her baby. But I know that she leads, right? And mm -hmm. there are times that I think, I know the answer to this, right? <laughs> that I don't put it out there. I wait until she says, Mom, do you have any idea about this? Or what do you think we should this? And I just let her lead because it's such it's such a beautiful place to feel like an expert, right? So mm -hmm. most of the time when um, folks have kids, they've... Um, 
they're looking for a place to feel and, and to feel like they own this and, and they're the only person that understands this child. And so that's a gift I would never take away from my kids by saying, you know, but I have four degrees and three of them are in early childhood and I've read every book there is. I would mm -hmm. never take that away from them. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but boy, if she wants to know something. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> I sometimes tell her, do you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> Um, switching gears a little bit, you yeah. were very active in Aaron Murphy's I was, ca campaign, and I unfortunately, was. you know, for for Team Murphy, it, yes, it came up a little short. It did. Um, how did how did you meet Aaron uh, to begin with, and and why don't you talk about that 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 uh, uh, that experience? So I met Aaron Murphy. Um, I was for years and years on the Political Action Committee for Education Minnesota because I work in early childhood um, and so it has not always had stable funding and so I have always felt like it's a responsibility of folks who work in early childhood to make sure that you know who the policymakers are so that they can contact you, you can help um, navigate um, the whole landscape of early childhood in our state. Aaron Murphy um, came to a forum and sat almost the same distance between you and me, and mm -hmm. we nearly screamed. Like, it doesn't happen often, but it's probably happened 10 times for me since seventh grade that I meet someone that I know instantly we're supposed to be friends. Yeah. And so after we did the formal thing, I just, and I, I'm, an unfiltered person. So I just walked up to her and said, did you feel it too? And she said, I did. And I said, yes. Okay. So then we don't have to start with how, you know, you can yeah, just start by being sure. friends. And it's the most wonderful feeling. I've recently had the exact same feeling. Um, and it hadn't happened in a long time with a Winona and his name is Tyler and he has been door knocking with me and oh man, oh man, from the minute, right? You're like high-fiving yeah. and new. So I've, I've been following that on Twitter. <laughs> yes. We put out some of the best, yeah. right? The best door knocking um, photos. And so Aaron um, was genuinely interested in how do we craft policy around what's best for four-year-olds in our state. And we um, have had long talks and long conversations and she actually wrote up some policy for me um, about um, connecting with parents on um, digital media as they come into school. And it's always with the ebb and flow of what the house looks like in the Senate and the governor. Um, so we're kindred spirits mm -hmm. and when your BFF says, I want to run for governor, you just line up and say, all right, what can I do to help you? And it's been tough. I haven't, I've texted her a couple of times. I'm sure we're going to have a sob fest and mm -hmm. um, it'll be really hard. She was a good, she was a good player in the state, um, in our state house, yeah. um, working both sides of the aisle and a good thinker and a great communicator. Um, and now I'll be on team walls and we'll just move forward. But I, I do feel like um, everybody whose work is influenced by dollars that come from the state should be at a table, you know, and try to find a space there for you. And so advocacy is something that I come kind of naturally to. Mm -hmm. My grandpa was a government elected official and so this is just how our family rolls. We talk politics and we scrap sure. and we don't always agree, which is fine with me. Um, people don't have to agree, but I love that Minnesota turned out in the numbers Absolutely. that we yeah. did. Are you yeah. kidding? I'm always so proud of us and how civically yeah. engaged we are. Yeah. I would think with the showing that she had, she should have a higher profile statewide now to yes. maybe push some of those things. I right. bet you she 
because the the campaign was pretty friendly between For between sure. her and Walls, wasn't you know, it? Swanson yep. maybe got yeah. a little on got the other the, side yes. toward the end. So, yeah. but I, uh, Tim Walls was in Winona on election day, and yeah. I asked him about that, and he said, yeah. you know, we we've we've always been very friendly, and he thought no matter what happened that the two sides would be able to work For together. For sure. For sure. Um, so I think I, they yeah. made each other better candidates. Absolutely. They really that's did, what he and said that's too. the best. That's the best kind of race, mm -hmm. and that it was joyful. It really was. The, everyone who was on Team Aaron felt like it was a joyful campaign to work on, um, that it never went sour, and that the two of them, even when they didn't uh, um, agree, had respectful conversations. Um, and I, yeah, I think they'll probably work well together. Yeah, yeah for sure. For yeah. Sure. Uh, the one story that Erin likes to tell, she's told us a couple times I've seen her, once when I asked her and once when she was in Winona uh, talking about her single-payer health care, yep. was the hike that you took her on yes. right before she was going <laughs> to give a speech or something right. and then you, she, you kind of wore her out. Right. And <laughs> I, well, and I think, yes, when I think hike, I think moving, right? And I think other people just think hike is a walk around the small lake <laughs> right. and that's not true. No, yeah. unless you're sweating, it's not a hike for me. So I yeah. took her out to St. Mary's College, which is kind of right in my backyard yeah. and took her up that big sledding hill, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and then we walked through the woods. But that's the, I love those kind of really challenging conversations. Like, how do we do this? How would that work? Where would we find it? And yeah, and she's absolutely great to have those conversations. Yeah. She has absolutely made me a better advocate because she has um, forced me to be more. Um, thoughtful and mindful of another opinion which is always good for me mm -hmm. and has helped me to think all around the edges of places too. Governor Dayton has been generous with his time with me in that way too. Sure. Um, we've had a couple of conversations and a couple of lunches and so he has um, yeah, has recognizes that people who maybe don't want to hold a public office but want to be good advocates, how does that happen? Yeah. So both of them have been really good teachers for me. And Tim Walls too, I've had some great conversations with him. He's a teacher at heart and yeah, you can absolutely. tell, yeah, yeah, so that'll be fun. Well, um, how were how were you being received as, as uh, uh, in the rural areas of Winona County when you were knocking on doors? Were yeah. people receptive? Were, yes. Did you have any doors slammed in your face? No, nobody slams the door. I, and I think that people worry about that. And that's one of yeah. the reasons that people think, oh, I could never door knock. It's kind of a blast, really. I mean, they don't send you out on door. I mean, the... the um, technology around door knocking is so good now that you don't have to, like 20 years ago, knock on everyone's door with your fingers crossed. Sure. You're going to friendly doors and you're asking okay. people, right, like, hey, it looks like you're an undecided voter. Let me tell you about the candidate that I like. Yeah. And it, so it's not like go to the, the opposite end of the spectrum for where you are and try to sell anything. And sure. yeah, and it's pretty great. I mean, you can just send it on the phone and sync it and they have it. and. Um, it's crazy what the world knows about you, yeah. right? Yeah, sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, will you be actively supporting anybody this fall, aside from from Jim Jim Shul for school board? Right. So I love this. Well, this school board race is really interesting, and I was reeling. So Tuesday night, I spent at the St. Paul Saints game. Um, by the way, it was the 40th anniversary of Animal House. Did oh, is that, that the night? So the, it was the food fight night. Oh, that's so we, fun. <laughs> we got home at like two in the morning and I still had to take a shower because I still had so <laughs> much mashed potatoes in my hair. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to look at those numbers, the primary numbers on the school board race and see how they, how they came out, how mm -hmm. it looks. I'm really invested in Winona having really good, strong public schools. And so one of the ways that I thought I could help was to 
support a candidate. Jim Shule's never run for anything. And so I said, well, I've run, I've helped run some campaigns. I'll get you up and started. And now it looks like he's through the primary. And mm -hmm. so we'll take that all the way on. The thing that I'm most excited about is all the opportunities that they will have to be in the same room and to talk about a vision and yes. a future for our city. And I really want people to pay attention to it. Winona is a gem of a place to live. And I think it stays a gem when we have really strong civic engagement, strong public schools, strong hospitals, really great places mm -hmm. to work, nice parks safe communities, all those things that you want for your own families, they still want for the young families here in Winona. So, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those local races, I don't think people pay as much attention no. to them as they should, and those are the ones that really matter. Yes, every can, single day. And those day. are the ones that are decided by two, three hundred votes. Right, um, right, yeah. right, yeah. yes, yes. So, and then I'll probably head over and see who else I can um, door knock for. I, yeah, it's an extrovert's dream. Door knocking is an extrovert's dream, right? Yeah, like, I bet. Right? My husband will say, I will do anything but that, right? Yeah. But I don't mind at all. And so, yeah, I'll do sure. some. I was a state delegate this year because I wasn't at okay. school. I had the opportunity to walk through that experience. I had never done that all the way through the state before. So um, I feel like I'm poised and like done my homework yeah. so that I can jump in on some campaigns and help. Anything non-political on the horizon for you? I know you talked about that grant earlier. Anything yeah. else uh, in, in the hopper? So um, like I said, my toddler's in two class at South Washington County and I'm um, working, I, don't, I wouldn't say working, what is it when it's, because work sounds like it's hard, like yeah. I am joyfully connected to the Children's Museum of Minnesota, doing some events for them and some blogging for them and um, helping them navigate a course of how do we help parents understand that play is not a destination, right? You don't go to the museum to play and then you mm -hmm. cross it off the list for the week like, oh, we played last weekend. But to take those um, those things that you learned in those play experiences home and get kids out and playing every single day, so that's on the horizon and um, and that seems like enough for now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. yeah. And watching Frank grow. And yeah, which is phenomenal. All three of my daughters have settled yeah. in the cities. I have three grand or three no three son-in-laws yes. who just are lovely. And so there's. Are you pushing yeah. for more grandchildren always. soon? Yes. Always, you, always, you, always. You're not. You're not. You know, no. coy about it. You're flat not out. Not at all. Saying, I say, okay. let's get to work, people. <laughs> so I tell them flippantly, but it's kind of true that I decide every Monday who my favorite son-in-law is. Right. And so if you want to be in the running. And these, we start over every week, but a sure way to get to the top billing is, yes. And so Tyler jokes, he's Frank's dad, that he, well, he had Frank, right? Yes. So he must be in the lead. And then, yes. So, yeah, I, I would love that. I would love um, to have a big old, a big old chunk of kids calling me Grammy one day. Sure. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But Miss Katie works, right? I have lots of kids yeah. in my life, which is wonderful. Yeah, if people want to know more about you and they don't catch you around around the lake, uh, where where should they go? To so find? I um, have a Facebook page that isn't Katie Goes to Cancun. It's not at all a personal <laughs> one. It's absolutely an advocacy page and a parent education page, which is lovely. Um, I have um, lots of programs sharing stuff from that. I love to read research still. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I read plenty of novels and other things too, but I love that. Um, if So if that's their thing, I have a website that is beautiful. Winona Creates did that for me and I don't pay enough attention. I'm trying to think of a way to pay attention to it, like have a date, right? Like website <laughs> Wednesdays, yay! Yeah. Yes, and so um, that, would be, that would be good for me. 
does feel like this summer has been a tsunami of life changes. We had a wedding and a funeral, yeah. and I've just lost my beloved high school track coach, who was mm -hmm. such a dear friend my whole life. Um, so now it's time, I think, for a little reflection and to kind of dust it off, and as the leaves start falling, to think about what else can I be doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Is it over today. already? It's over. Stop Let's, it. Anything else you want to stump for? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I No, this is this is fun. I think it was good, don't you? I, I mean, for the first great. time, we have yeah, some I think I think it's going to be number one on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be trending on yes, Fallon. We'll, we'll be trending. We're going to have yes. to hashtag Katie and yep. John or something, I, right? Pretty soon, we'll yes. have to do a live show or I something. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah, People will but. just be begging for more. Well, we'll think about it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. But we will uh, link to your Facebook page that and to your website right. on, on our website, WinnowDailyNews.com. Great. And here's something I want to say that I yes. that I think you'll probably edit, and I will encourage you not to. <laughs> so you're a storyteller, John yes. Casper, and one of the best gifts that we got as a family when my father-in-law died was that beautiful article that you wrote. And well, so keep writing, keep writing. Winona appreciates you, appreciates that we have voice here, that there's a little paper, right, with our name on it. And, and those are important. Our stories are important to tell. It's what builds a community. And so... Keep on keeping on. You're a gift to our community. You really are. Well, thank you. And You're I'm welcome. also going to share a story too. Oh. Um, after I wrote that that article, I, when I talked to Matt, I mentioned you know how much of a big uh, Paul, Paul Paul Molitor fan I was. Yeah. And then lo and behold, a few days later, you guys called and said, "Hey, can we come by?" and and you dropped off a Paul Molitor yeah. signed baseball that that Al had yep. in his uh, in his house. And you know, we're both wearing bracelets. Yep. The, the what would Al do? And that's yep. definitely something that Al would do. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I think you guys are definitely carrying on his spirit and his Thanks. legacy, and and we're moving into our new office next week, and that ball is going to have a prominent oh, spot so on my great. desk. Because Paul Molitor was uh, he was my idol growing up, yeah. and when I was in kindergarten, um, you know, I kind of learned or kindergarten first grade, I learned early on that I didn't have to give a hundred percent in all my assignments, mm. um, so I could finally say I could just kind of you know coast by and get this done and yeah and my mom saw this and she said you know what if Paul Molitor read this oh. who at the time was you know if if, if Paul, yeah you know if baseball was a religion Paul Molitor would be yes, you know, my, my god but for uh, sure. um, so that has always kind of been throughout my career yeah. is what would Paul Molitor say about there you this go. Oh, that's and so then great. because of Al's work with the twins caravan yeah. many years later a few years yeah. ago I was able to interview Paul, so Paul Molitor great. And I didn't have goosebumps. Yeah, and I didn't have to wonder what if, you know, what <laughs> right? could Paul Motter read this because they stayed in Winona that night and yeah. maybe he picked up the paper the next sure. day. So for the first time in my life, it was real that maybe so Paul Motter read that. So, so, so that ball is going to be a great reminder that to always kind of give an extra yeah, effort. So I really, for sure. I am, I am grateful that, that you, you, you did that. And, yeah, yeah. And I'll always think of job. Al every time That's I look so at great. it. And I'll always think yep. of your family. So. Yeah, yeah. And that extra effort is something everybody can do, right? No Absolutely. matter what your thing is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you very much for Such coming in. Such a treat. In. Thank yes. you for inviting me. I think, <laughs> right. it, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>